Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and pastors Richard and Helen Kabakian can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. Well, I just want to start off with something. Now, I'm going to warn you, this, this may sound a little bit negative, but it's the truth, but that's okay because it, it's, it's like a good movie. It gets sort of a little bit dark and then there's a good ending at the end. Is that okay? Uh, come on, we all love those movies. It's got to get a little bit dark first and then, and then, then it all gets better toward the end. So just hold on tight. Uh, a woman called La- Landa Cope uh, wrote a book called The Old Testament Template. Not a great name for a book, but nevertheless a great book. Landa became a Christian because she was, she, was, she was atheist, she had no faith in God, um, not interested in faith whatsoever, but began to have a stirring in her heart about faith and, and is there an afterlife. So she began to go on a search for, is, is there a God? And if there is a God, how does he show himself? And what's the pattern? And what are the beliefs that we should look at? So she, she looked at every major world religion. She looked at all of them. And every one of them had some great things. Some of them had some not so great things. But when she stacked it all up, what she realized was if a city or a nation was to embrace the teachings of Jesus Christ, and if a city or a nation or a town was to embrace the the, the philosophy that the Bible shows us from the front cover all the way through to the maps, if somebody was to do that, she, she was convinced that it would be a better community to live in. She was convinced that it would be a better society to live in. It would be a safer society to live in. That it would bring a betterment to that nation. That's what she believed wholeheartedly. So because of that, she actually became a Christian. And she went all the way to becoming a lecturer in a Bible college. So she was fully convinced of that philosophy that Jesus' words have an impact. And when they have an impact, it brings a wealth to a city, to a nation. Amen. So she's sitting there one day. and she's, this is, It's all written in her book. I'm just relating basically what I'd read. And she, she turns on the TV and she's, she says that she's just surf, uh, channel surfing and she sees a BBC report. And a reporter basically comes on and says, you know, it is commonly believed that if Christianity is embraced by a city or exactly what she was thinking, it is commonly believed that it will basically cause that whole city to lift. Everybody would do better because of it. So he says, so let's go and test this. So he says, let's go to the most Christianized city in the world, which at the time was Dallas, Texas. 61% of people go to church in Dallas, Texas. Crowds on Sunday morning when you're trying to drive on the freeway. People flooding into churches. And so being the most Christianized city, he then began to look at the different things that make a city great. And this is how he words it. He says, I looked at the statistics that you would be concerned about if you were going to raise your children in that city. So these were the statistics. So he looked at employment, education, health, racial barriers, equality, homelessness, social justice, the economic situation, housing, the crime rate, and basic safety. And what he discovered was Dallas rates as one of the worst cities in the world to live in. One of the highest crime rates. Homelessness, can't get a job. If you're sick, very difficult to find health, good health care. And this woman is watching this report and she is speechless because the whole reason she became a Christian 
was because she believed that when people embrace Christianity, the city gets better. And here she is watching this and she's devastated as to what she's hearing. But it gets worse. Sorry, it's like, like I said, it's like that great film, right? It's gonna get worse. She then goes and approaches the, the, the um, pastors of these mega churches, in some cases 10,000, 20,000 people. And she goes and visits these, church, these pastors and speaks to them and says, oh, sorry, the, the reporter goes and speaks to them and he says, these are the statistics of your city. What do you have to say about these things? And this is what she says, without exception, all of them responded, all of them responded in various ways with the same answer. Have a listen to their answer. This isn't my concern, I'm the spiritual leader. This isn't my concern that there's, there's a crime rate. I'm the spiritual leader of the city. It's not, it's not my responsibility that, that, that people can't get a job and people can't live in homes. And that's, I'm the spiritual leader of the city. Wow. Friends, not a great statement. Friends, not a, not a truthful statement. Not, listen, not the heart of God. Can I be really honest and, and, and say to you, the continent of Africa... Again, stated in her book, the continent of Africa, most people would know, has been the most evangelized continent in the last 100 years. More people have given their life to Jesus as, a, as in a decision for Jesus in Africa more than any other continent in the world. You, you know, there, there are, there are um, crusades with hundreds of thousands. It's, well, some of you have seen a picture. There's one there where there are four million people in attendance, the whole of Melbourne. The whole of Melbourne in attendance at one conference. And in one, in one, one of those crusades, 500,000 people gave their life to the Lord at the one time, right? But yet, but yet, the reality is of that nation is that it has yet to be impacted. The, the, the nation is still sliding backwards economically. Disease, why? Because of the rampant lack of integrity in the leadership that we see right across the... Okay, now this is the problem. People are giving their life to Christ. Why isn't the nation getting better? This is a dilemma, isn't it, friends? And it's a dilemma that we want to talk about, but I do believe we have the answer in Jesus' name. Amen? Because let me tell you what frightens me as a pastor. We are growing. Have a look around you. I don't think I need to tell you that. We are growing. We are growing in leaps and bounds. People are joining our church all over the place. But let me tell you something. We could be a church of 55,000 people but if we are not making our city better, you know what? We are wasting our time. We are wasting our time. If our goal is just to have large crowds and people raising their hands and crying out, yeah, that's the way I believe it, Pastor, and people worshiping God, but yet we all go back into, into our city and our city is declining. Our city is becoming more, more, more homeless, less jobs. People are falling backwards in, in their happiness and Friends, if that's what we're doing, then I don't know about that, but I don't think that's what Jesus came to bring. Is this okay? I'm, I'm just, I, I want to keep this real. 2017. 2017. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 19. This is what Jesus said. He said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Make disciples of the nations, he says baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this. Jesus never used the term 
the gospel of salvation. Jesus never walked around and said, I have come to bring the gospel of salvation. You don't read him saying that once. What you do hear him saying over and over again was that he came to bring the gospel of the kingdom. Right? And some of you are thinking, well, what's, what's the difference in that? I'm going to explain it to you because it's a world of difference. Literally, it changes the world. Because when Jesus was asked, Jesus, how ought we to pray? Have a look at what he told them to pray. Luke 11, verse 2. Some of us have, how many of us know what we used to call the Our Father, for those of you from that Catholic upbringing? Some of you would know it as the Lord's Prayer. How many of you would know it off by heart? Just put your hand up there. Wow. Well, that's the majority of you. Okay. So we know this prayer then. Okay. So Jesus said to them, when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Listen, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus says, listen, when you pray, don't pray, Lord, I pray lots of people get saved. He didn't say that. He said, when you pray, pray that God's kingdom comes that his kingdom comes and that his will will be done on earth the same way it is in heaven. Jesus is moving us away and I want our church to move away from our deepest desire. We've got to get away from wanting things on earth, us, to get to heaven. What we should be praying is that things from heaven come to earth. Amen. So what's our declaration? What's the, what's the theme of 2017? Well, I think you've seen it already. I think you would already know where we are going. And it's no secret. But this year and next year and the year after that until Jesus comes back, this isn't just the theme for the year. We will keep changing the theme, but this one will, will last forever. Amen? Yeah. What is it? Your kingdom come, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, let your kingdom come to Melbourne. Listen, not, not, not Lord Jesus, just let, just let your kingdom come to Lifehouse Church on a Sunday morning from between 10.30 and 12 o'clock. No, no, no. Lord Jesus, let your kingdom come. Father, let your kingdom come into my school. Lord God, let your kingdom come to my workplace. Lord God, I want to see your kingdom come. May your kingdom, Lord, what the stuff that is up there, may it come down here. May your kingdom come. Is anybody with me so far? Because it gets a whole lot better now. Are you ready? It gets a whole lot better. I just want us to keep this real. What a devastating thing it would be to have 55,000 churches on Sunday morning meeting in Melbourne, all of them filled with 10,000 people plus, yet people are still walking down our street feeling unloved. Yeah, that's right. I, I just don't understand the point of that. Do you know, a kingdom is someone's sphere of influence or control. That's what a kingdom is. When a king has a kingdom, then he's the king of that kingdom, and he has influence, and he has control. Every single one of us are a king of some kingdom somewhere. Every one of us. And you are a part of that kingdom. And what you're saying is, Lord, do you know how I'm in this space here? I want you to be the king of this space. I want you to be the king of it. You know, some of us have vehicles. And we love our vehicles. I love my car. And in my car, I am the king of that kingdom. I like my seat where it is. You know? Yeah, you've got to get your seat where it is. I like everything. I like mine just a little bit more reclined. I am from the northern suburbs. I, I do like that whole reclined thing a little bit more than maybe some of you do. And, you know, I drive a manual. And it's got to be right because I'm pretty short, so I've got to have the seat in a little bit. But I've got to... And it's got to all be right because when you get in, it's got to be right. Amen? Got to have your rear view mirror right. Got to be able to see. 
Nothing worse than when my son starts driving my car and I get back into it. And he's a tall kid and I'm like sitting in the back seat now almost by the time I sit in that thing and he's moved every mirror. Like every mirror, really? Every single mirror has moved every mirror. But you know what? It's not long before I get back into that car. I don't tolerate that. Yet when I get back into the car and it's all moved around, I go, no, 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 this is my kingdom. So I'm going to put on my radio station. Actually, my son, my son is 20 years old and he was listening to Gold FM. What are you? Look, what are you doing, mate? Gold. There he is. What, what is that? I get in there. Night fever, night fever. You know how to do it. I'm trying to think about the kingdom, the Lord God. Give me that night fever. Okay. Anyway. The point is, listen, when I get back into that car, I don't tolerate that. And neither would you. None of you tolerate it, amen? None of you tolerate it. As soon as you get back and you go, oh, my kingdom, my car, I'm going to put my seat the way I want it. Right? Do you know, we need to feel like that. Because when God walks into your environments, God says, you know what, this is my space. But often he has to sit in seats that don't match him. The rearview mirror is all out of place. And, and, and God's trying to drive your life, trying to drive this city, trying to drive, and we haven't made allowances for him to sit in that space. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God has a kingdom and he wants his kingdom to come down to earth. God wants his kingdom all over the earth. Now listen, I've got to tell you something. Let's just talk about this kingdom for a moment. Because for some people, they think, why would you want God's kingdom to hit earth? It's full of rules and laws and... God's a killjoy, and why would you want God in those environments? No, 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 you're talking about the wrong kingdom. Let me tell you what God's kingdom feels like. Peace, love, bit of joy. I don't know about you, but I want that sort of kingdom in my life. Positivity. Do you remember that word, positivity? Like actually being positive. God is a positive God. You know God doesn't sit in heaven and just go, man, this thing's a mess. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? This thing's a disaster. God, God doesn't wake up moody walking into the kitchen. Holy Spirit, what do you want? Going on. Short play. Jesus, don't talk. Holy Spirit, to have sheep. God's not moody. Amen. God's kingdom is awesome. Now, listen, every, as far as I can tell, every time they have a Miss Universe and they say, So, what's the one thing you want, Miss Universe? What does she say? World peace. Okay. So, even Miss Universe wants the kingdom of God to hit, hit her. What she should be saying, right? What she should be saying is, I just really want thy kingdom come. Because when God brings his kingdom, he brings peace. He brings joy. He brings a bit of self-control. So listen, very quickly, very quickly. We're not simply trying to build a church, friends. We're changing a nation. We're changing a city. We're changing a suburb. We're changing a household. We're changing a business first. Are, Are you hearing this? This is what we're doing. Listen, let me make this really clear. I am saying to you that when you enter into an environment, your heart's desire has to be, God, I'm at work today. I don't even own the business. But may your kingdom come. Lord, may your will be done in this place. Because you know, in in God's kingdom, there's no gossip. So so if you're in an environment where there's gossip and there's, do you know what? You can either say to yourself, it's not my my responsibility. Well, then you're behaving just like those pastors that that guy interviewed. 
where you're saying, I'm just the spiritual leader. No, no, no. You know what? God's asking you, can you please pray this prayer? Father, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth in my workplace as it is in heaven. As you begin to pray that prayer, God says, oh, somebody wants my kingdom to come. And God starts to push aside the darkness. All of a sudden, that particular day at work, people just can't feel like they can gossip. It just can't come out of their mouth. And when they approach you to get involved in stuff like that, you just go, I just, I'm not really here to do that. Now, listen, listen, I'm not asking you to become the Christian nag. Please don't be the Christian nag at work. No, no, what I'm asking you to do is to be the person who basically says, I'm not going to cooperate with the evil. Is that okay? Let's be non-cooperative cooperative agents when it comes to the kingdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not asking you to go telling everyone off and and you just, you need to bring the kingdom into your space, your atmosphere, and you will be shocked at how some people cannot cope with that. Listen to what I'm saying. You are not the behavior police. Poke the person beside you and tell them you are not the behavior police. You are not the behavior police. You are the love of God in your community police. You're making sure everyone feels loved. Do you know why we don't want to see gossip in our community or in our workplace? For example, I'm just giving this as an example, because someone is not being loved when you're gossiping about them. So it's not about the gossip, it's just that someone's not being loved and you are, you are the love police. Yeah, that is your job. I'm here to make sure everyone's feeling loved. Are you gossiping about the boss? You know what? He's a human being too. Come on, let's show him some love. Let's pray for that poor guy. He's probably under a lot of pressure and a lot of stress. Let's help the guy. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Come on, let's, let's make this real. We are not the voice of condemnation. We're the voice of compassion. Amen? We're not there to sort of tell everybody how bad they are. We're there to tell them that there's a kingdom that can come, that can be absolutely awesome. Imagine if everybody left this place with the culture of heaven, with the values of heaven with the integrity of heaven, with the love of heaven, the positivity of heaven, the happiness of heaven. And some of you are thinking, is this even possible? Well, you know what? Some of you would know that we are working in an awesome nation called Poland. I love that place. But listen, there's no doubt about it. That nation was a powerhouse. It was moving forward. And then at some stage, the Russian government came in and ruled them. And they came in with their rules and their laws. And basically, let me tell you what the mentality is. Don't stand out. Don't think too big. Who are you? Don't you dare. And in one generation, they took a nation that was forward thinking, big thinking, and they turned a nation into small thinkers. So listen, if the devil can do it in the positive, why can't God do it in the, in the negative? Why can't God do it in the positive? Amen? Why can't we in one generation take a bunch of people that say, oh, that's okay to live like that too. No way, we just don't do that. We just don't behave that way. We can't just throw our hands up in the air and say, you know what, it's too hard, Pastor Richard. The whole world is going that way. Who are we to try and fight it? Who are we? We are the people of God. We've got the power of the Holy Spirit. We Imagine our church is over, who knows how many people these days, but it's definitely over a 1,000 people, okay? Imagine a 1,000 people every week saying, thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is. JP Hi-Fi will not know what hit it. And and let me tell you what's really powerful about this. You know, we've got got people who work in different places in this place, okay? And as much as I would love to come to your workplace and bring the kingdom, I think it would be a bit weird (laughs) if I just sort of walked in, you know, right behind Jenna, 
you know, Jenna's got a beauty cell. Imagine I just walked in right behind her and, and, um, and she's there. And I'm just standing right behind her. And any time there's a conversation that goes on that I just go, excuse me, may thy kingdom come. <laughs> and may God's will be done. <laughs> Especially when Jenna's waxing. And I mean, imagine. <laughs> yeah, uh, excuse me. May God's kingdom. <laughs> That's just weird. Yeah. But when I was living in my atmosphere, now listen, I've, I've, I've got a great atmosphere right now. I mean, I come to church. Most of them are Christians. <laughs> that work here. <laughs> it's awesome. But you know, I used to sell cars for Toyota. Did you know that? Some of you go, yeah, we know that, you salesmen, you. And you know, it shocked me. The first day I went there, there was a, a canteen, a, a, a staff room area full of guys and girls, and the guys had no problem pulling out pornographic magazines in front of the girls and just starting to look at their magazines, laughing, carrying on, you know, in front of the girls. I, I think it's bad just on their own, but in front of the girls, too, really? How, that's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. So I walked in, sat down, and I started looking at one, too. No, I didn't start looking at one, too. No, I didn't. And I can't believe some of you didn't even, like, go, wow. Like, you just went, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you started looking at <laughs> Who do you think? That's terrible. You should have been shocked by that comment. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's all right. Now, I probably went over the top a little bit, but I pulled out my Bible. Now, I wasn't trying to, honestly, you know, I wasn't trying to be super Spiro, Mr. Christian. I just thought, you're reading that. What am I going to read? Before the days of smartphones, that's how old I am. And so I pulled out my Bible. Well, funny enough, guess what, guess what they started to do with those pornographic magazines? One by one, they started to close them. Isn't it amazing? My non-cooperation with evil was enough. Are, are you hearing that? I didn't need to preach and you're bad. Just my non-cooperation was like, yeah, you can do that. But, you know, I mean, I could have probably started reading. Thou shalt not. You know, I probably could have, but I didn't. But it was amazing how just my non-cooperation was enough. I'm challenging every person in this place. Come on, 2017, can we bring God's kingdom into every sphere of our lives? Come on, let's bring it. May, may up there come down here, God, in my church, in my small group, in my shop, in my staff, in my heart, in my attitude, in my beliefs. Come on, can we do this? Because I just think it'd be devastating if a BBC reporter came to Melbourne and had that same statistics run on our city. What would it say? What would it say about us? Do you know what? Jesus said, guys, when you pray, pray this prayer. Why did he say we need to pray this prayer? Because when you're, for example, when, you're, when we're battling the spirit of greed in our community, do you know what the... Okay, do you know greed... I'm just plucking one of them out. It's a spiritual problem, not a physical problem. It's a spiritual problem. When you're greedy, it's, it's an... Okay, show me greed right now on your hands. Like, can you just pull out greed, please? Show me greed. You can't. It's in your heart. Isn't that right? So it's a spiritual problem. So if greed is something that is ruining our community, what's the answer? Spiritual contentment. That's why Jesus says, you've got to pray this prayer because as much as we want to bring the kingdom... It's a supernatural event. 
Only God can really bring contentment into the room. Are you hearing that? That's why this, this, is, this is not a self-help. We're not trying to self-help our, our work colleagues. We're not trying to self-help the kindergarten. We're not trying to self-help the school. What we're saying is we need God to turn up. We need God's presence in the room. And when God's in the room, something just happens, friends, and it's supernatural. Amen? Give someone a high five if you know what I'm talking about. Hey, some of you saw. All of you saw. All of you saw. If you were here early enough, you saw it. But listen, what we are talking about, God's kingdom coming, isn't just for our awesome city of Melbourne, voted five times most livable city in the world. For, for those on podcast, for those on podcast, five years in a row, Melbourne City, come visit us sometime. Six, is it? Is it really six? Sorry, podcast people, six years in a row. We're doing okay here in Melbourne. Well, there are a whole lot of things that we're going to be unpacking, but to be quite honest with you, we don't want to unpack too much. And I'll be speaking about this as we go throughout the year, but I do want to talk about some of the things that we want to do to bring his kingdom come. And remember, remember, we're not doing things so that we can simply get somebody saved. Are you hearing that? We don't just do things so that people will come to Jesus. It's actually not that. To be quite honest with you, what we're saying is this earth should look like God's kingdom, whether you're saved or you're not. Whether you're saved or you're not, this, this, we should have a nation where integrity is very high on the priority list, whether it's full of Christians or it's not. I want to live in a nation where people don't take bribes in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know how that happens? When the salt of the earth, us, get out there and we just say, I won't take a bribe, all of a sudden we've just changed the nation a little bit. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? And so what we're going to be doing all together, both, both campuses, north and east, we're going to be having a serve day. And we're going to be getting together on a Saturday morning. Two schools, one over in the east, one over in the north, are going to be completely renovated and we're going to help out and do some things. And we're going to do it together. We're going to have the T-shirts and we're going to take photos. Why? So that the world can see, the world can see that we are doing good works for men on behalf of God. Are you hearing that? And, and, the, and Jesus says we ought to do that. Show, show your good works, he says, so that people may see that there is a God in heaven. And, 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 and I tell you what, we're not expecting people to respond to that in regards to the gospel, what we want them to know is that there is a God that we love very dearly and we're going to serve Him. Amen? So we're going to sign up for things like that this year. Another thing that we're looking to do is to bring, uh, introduce a music school. A music school where we can get some of the children from the community who can't afford to take lessons or maybe they can afford very little and get them into this community. Why? Just to make a better community. That's just so that we've got some young kids that can play instruments. That's it right there. Just so that a young person can play an instrument and as they get older, they say, you know what? It was some church, Lifehouse, that helped me learn this instrument and today I can earn an income from me playing guitar on Saturday nights. It's okay if that's all that happens. But if he does happen to love Jesus and come into this youth group as well, hey, that's a... What a blessing that is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, Lord. We want community courses, something like, we're going to be introducing many things, but one of the ones that is dear to my heart is how to drug-proof your kids. Do you know, there's parents right now that are raising up their children then looking at them thinking, what's going to stop this child from getting on ice? And they don't actually have the answers. And all of a sudden, they get a little brochure that says, how to drug-proof your kids, 7.30, Tuesday night, Lifehouse Church. And they turn up. And they turn up, why, 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 why would we do that? Because I don't want to live in a city full of drug addicts, if that's okay with you, in all honesty. I'm not judging them. All I'm saying is, wouldn't it be great if they weren't on drugs and they could find their happiness just by going and watching a film or taking their girl out on a date? Amen? 
you're not so excited about that. What's happening? You love drugs too much. What's going on? Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want to live in a great city. I want that for myself. I want that when there are stats done on Melbourne City, especially, because that's where we are right now in this nation, that they can't explain why the crime rate is so low, but we know why. Because thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Amen. Are you okay with that? Hey, we open up our cafe this year, and that's going to be open. As in, open to the public. Right? Some of you think, oh, what have, what have I been drinking there, there for the last? That, to the public. To the public, okay? So that's going to be, why do we want that? Because we want people on site to see how we do life here too. And to see the ladies' toilets, because that always blows people's brains out. You know, but again, on the international front, Cambodia is very high up on our radar, and we're going into Cambodia. We're working with Pastor Jesse McCall there, um, and he's going to be doing, he's introducing a whole lot of stuff that we can be a part of so that we've got every hand full. We've got, we've got church planting going on. We're helping poor people, but we're also in our own community. Amen? Doing what we need to do. Are you, are you excited about this? I mean, I could have put up a nice, snazzy word, that you know, something like, you know, blessed, or I don't know, something like that. And we'll probably do that one next year. But I, I sense the heart of God on this one. I sense the heart of God. So I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things. We're going to pray in a moment. I want everyone to be involved. How do you get involved in this? I'm going to tell you how. Do you know, to win a war, an army will come, and they'll bring their big things, the big planes. They'll bring their big ships. But you know, you can't win a war when the big ship, when the big aircraft carrier or battleship is has parked itself opposite the nation they're trying to beat. You know, they can fire off as many missiles, missiles as they like, but you know what eventually wins the war is when everyone gets off the aircraft carrier and they get into small groups of, of, of soldiers and they actually go and attack. The, are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you know, if we think that all of us getting together here is thy kingdom come, it's not the truth, friend. It's when you guys get into, back into your own communities in small groups and you start to take God's kingdom into that suburb and start to let it infect that suburb. So how, how can we make sure this happens? Can you either lead a group or be in a group? Every person in this church, either be in one or go to one. Because it's very hard to bring thy kingdom come when everyone is just completely scattered. Amen. Come on, let's, let's do this together. Let, come on, let's do this together. Thy kingdom come. Oh, I don't want to be in a small group. Jesus was in a small group. Jesus had 12 people that he hung out with. One of them was a bit of a loser. We know that, Judas. There's always going to be someone in your life group that no one likes, but that's okay. <laughs> Why do I say things like that? It's Pastor Joseph. He tells me to say stuff like that. You know that. Oh, there he is there. <laughs> so we're going to do that. We're going to get into small groups. And then if you just get into a small group, we're going to see that this is going to start to take place because you're going to be involved in things that bring the kingdom. But I'm going to ask you to do something too that we probably don't, I don't think I've ever told you to do this, but I'm going to ask you to do it. Every morning and every night, I want you to pray the Lord's Prayer. Every morning and every night. But listen, can we not do it like the way we used to do it? You know the way out, man. Our Father, why didn't heaven have a bit of a little Can we not do that? <laughs> Come on, be honest. We've done that one. Our Father, why didn't heaven have a bit of a Especially when you went to go see the priest and he told you that you had to do that 55 times because of what you told him. 
Remember those days? A couple of Hail Marys too. No, no, let's, let's pray it the way Jesus said to pray it, right? He said, when you pray, pray like this, our Father. Wow, he's my dad. Who is in heaven. Okay. Holy is your name. May your kingdom come and let your will be done, God. On earth, in my life, the way it is in heaven. God, can you give me this day my daily bread? Give me what I need. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against. Oh, whole forgiveness thing is in there too. And God, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Amen. Right? So then you do a full day's work or whatever it is, and you come home and you get back into your bed and you say, my father, you are in heaven. Hey, if we do that for a year, maybe, maybe forever, I reckon it'll really impact your life. As long as you don't get into the routine side of it. Do you know what I mean? But as long as you're actually meaning it, I think God's going to answer your prayer. I think God's kingdom will come into your marriage, into your life. Do you know, for some of us, you know the troubles we've got going on right now in our relationships and in our businesses and in our workplace? Do you know what the problem is? God's kingdom is not there. And if you just prayed every day, God, I want your kingdom come into my relationship. Do you know what God says? Great, well, then I'll kick out selfishness and I'll bring love and sacrifice in. And I'm just wondering whether we, we can do that as a family. Can we do that? Imagine every person in this place doing that. Now, if you don't do it, it's okay. We'll just, we'll find you. <laughs> Obviously, we will never know if people do or they don't. Except when you come for counseling, it'll be one of the first questions I ask you. <laughs> Have you been praying that God's kingdom would come? You know, if you're new here today, Maybe you're new here today and you're thinking, what have I come to here today? <laughs> welcome to the kingdom of God. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to a place where we want to keep it real, where we want God to be king of every area of our lives. And maybe you're thinking, oh man, I wish I had heard this a few years ago because my life is a bit of a mess right now. Hey, good news. He's the restorer. He can restore and he can bring things back into your world that you thought were gone forever. You know, I've got a word for some of you. For some of you, you know what? Your personality, just the bubbliness of you, it's died a little because of disappointment and because of hurt. And you've lost some of your confidence and courage. And God says, my kingdom will bring all that back into you. My kingdom will get you back to where you should have been. And for some of you, you feel like, you know what? I just don't feel like that I'm worthy of this because I've done so many things. And God says, you know what? Why do you think I died on the cross? I died so that I could take all the negatives of the earthly kingdom and bring his kingdom. And there is not a mistake that you have made. You are not a second class human being in God's eyes today. But all he asks you to do is to come and let him pour his kingdom into you. Friends, his kingdom won't make you boring. It'll actually give you the life you need. His kingdom's powerful. Do you know his kingdom breaks addictions? That's why whenever Jesus confronted somebody who was addicted or, or had a demonic presence, Jesus always preached about the kingdom. And the demons had to flee. So come on, if you're here today for the first time, I don't want you to miss this opportunity. How do you get the kingdom into your life? Very simply, are you ready? So simple. Get the king of the kingdom. If you just get the king of the kingdom into your life, Jesus, he brings his kingdom with him. Isn't that powerful? 
Hey, isn't that amazing? We're not talking about religion today or any day. We're talking about a person called Jesus. I'm not talking about the cross hanging around your neck. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a person who died on a cross for you. Amen. Hi, I'm Richard Kabakian, pastor of Lifehouse Church. I just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now and if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.